Hello, this is the Migraine Heroes podcast, a podcast where we share real stories from real people suffering and battling with migraine disease. In this podcast, we seek to provide support, hope, holistic health advocacy, and inspiration for those who suffer from migraines. Hello, Grace. Thank you for being with me today. Uh, on the topic of social media. So can you start by telling us a little bit about you, where you live, uh, what you study? Yep, so my name is Grace. I'm 22 years old. I was born and raised in Christchurch in New Zealand, but I moved to Auckland when I was 19 years old to study at the University of Auckland. Um, I study a Bachelor of Biomedicine and I take papers in neuroscience, cancer, nutrition. Um, I'm one of six girls I've got two brothers as well so family full of females Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and yeah I'm now still living in Auckland finishing off my study and so why neuroscience why uh, you know uh, biomedicine um, nutrition yes I think at school I always found myself definitely better at science Mm -hmm. Um, and you tend to like things that you're good at if you're me so I um, left the humanities and English and I focused really on science. And then in first year, you take pretty general papers, but I found within those papers, I was having the biggest interest in the brain, neuroscience, nutrition, how our genes as well impact, like what we're eating impacts them and how we function in day-to-day life and how this also is all basically revolved around our brain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, because indeed, like when it comes to genetic, the genetic is only responsible for a part yeah. of what people. Can you say a bit more about that? Yeah, so I think we all have our genes, which so they change the things we're predisposed to, and with what we're eating, we can impact how these genes come to play. Basically, so if you're eating less of one thing, for example. You can be predisposed to like colon cancer. And if you're eating less of the red meat, it's less likely to arise in you. So you can impact how those genes you're predisposed to function based off what you're eating. Very cool. And we'll talk about that later, uh, maybe in the later podcast, because migraines are indeed genetic. So we're definitely in that um, criteria. So um, before we met, um, how much did you know about migraines? Yeah, I think I thought... I knew what migraines were. Um, I think I kind of just thought they were pretty bad, you know. Um, I remember being 13 and my mum picked me up from school on a Wednesday to take me to ballet. I did ballet every day. Um, and I had a four-hour class and all of a sudden my vision went kind of fuzzy and I was seeing things. Um, as seeing what? Can you just... I was seeing like almost like little spots yeah. <laughs> in my vision, I guess. Yeah. Um, and my mum was like, oh, you're probably having a migraine. And I proceeded to go do that ballet class because I obviously could not miss it. Um, And it was literally the worst experience of my whole life, having the piano banging in my ears and trying to move my body in the bright lights and staring in a mirror, dancing the before hours. It was just absolutely horrendous. And I think that's probably the one thing I associate with having a migraine was that experience I had 10 years ago that I still hold on to. And I still remember so vividly from such an early time in my life. Yeah. Um, I also went to an all-girls school and I think a lot of the time I would hear a friend who had a migraine or a friend who said they had like a headache, especially when we were a bit younger. Yeah. Um, And I don't think any of us quite fully understood what that meant and the pain that our friend was in. It was a bit of like a passing comment, I guess. 
Um, And then obviously as I got to university, we study everything in quite a bit of depth and breadth. I focus on pretty much every aspect of the body. And the one thing that I've noticed, especially since working with you, is that the symptoms and side effects are often referred to as like a migraine will typically be one of them. But we've never gone into the science of what Mm -hmm. a migraine is or how it works or what you can do to change this or how your genes alter it. So I think it's really interesting when we go into the depth of pretty much everything under the sun that you can imagine. Yeah. Um, And then there's these migraines that are so underrepresented in study. And I don't know if it's yet just the university or the course I'm in, but yeah, Yeah. we honestly have not touched on them much at all. And it's so mind blowing because they, I mean, they affect 18% of women, don't they? So it's just like, it's so crazy. Yeah. And depending on the, on the ranking you look at, um, migraines is the first cause of disability worldwide under 50. Yeah. um, Because you count the number of days people are unable to perform their social or professional or family task mm-hmm. um, and so they're massive and what is really interesting um, is that um, for example something like erectile dysfunction dysfunction is going to get five more times budget of research um, and uh, and so money and, and, and time um, and it only affects a small proportion of the male population whereas PMS um, is um, 90% of women. And so yeah. like the, the five times is really not justified versus PMS. Yeah, um, I think that also yeah. comes from those like traditionally all research is based off a standard 70 kg male. Yes. Pretty much everything I've learned is based on a standard 70 kg yeah. male. This is what we found. So I think the reason we're seeing these like underrepresentation and things such as like PMS or migraines is because they're mostly affecting women. Yeah. And the science is mostly revolved around a 70 kg male. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it's 18% of women, it's 5%. So uh, boys and girls have the same predisposition to have migraines with 5%. And then at puberty, the incidence is going to triple to quadruple for women. Um, And so it makes it a very uh, female disease. So the first cause of disability worldwide under 50 um, is predominantly female. Um, I think the other thing, I don't know if you've ever heard of that. In the 60s, there was a medication called philidamide, yeah, yeah which was for nausea for women mm-hmm. who were pregnant. And after that medication, which was technically for sort of morning headache, morning sickness, yeah. and so a headache, you know, and nausea while pregnant. And 10,000 children in Germany alone were born without limbs, yeah. which was just a total shakeup. And I think it's after that that they started to only have wipes, comma, male, comma, 30 yeah. to 50 years old. Yeah. you know, taken for clinical trials. So it wasn't ill-intended, no. uh, but uh, it has had a lot of ramification in yeah. how far menacing or not far menacing has come uh, on uh, women. So not much during, uh, you know, in the neuroscience aspect of things, um, but more in the more in the friends. And so as a good friend before, a friend would come and tell you, I have a migraine, what would you, you know, what would go on in your head? Yeah, I think when someone... Well, probably if I was at school, when I was at school, someone would say they had a migraine and I think we'd all just kind of feel a bit like, oh, nice. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. But I don't think any of us actually like processed the pain that our friends were feeling. And as you said, like the incidence triples, quadruples following puberty. So as, I mean, all girls school, all my friends are female basically. Um, and seeing probably the pain that these girls were in and we just kind of like, brushed it off and didn't really understand because of the lack of knowledge and understanding. And I think we just, yeah, it was just kind of like a passing comment and we'd be like, okay, cool. 
like easy excuse not to come or easy excuse not to do this and that like yeah yeah easy excuse not to do the swimming class and excuse yeah yeah i remember like even when we didn't want to do our swimming lessons which hopefully my PE teacher never listens to this but we <laughs> we used to just like make up we'd be on our periods that we would have to do the swimming lessons yeah and i think that's almost a bit how we um viewed migraines with each other as well like even if it was just oh some so and so is not coming to dinner tonight and I think we'd almost just be like, oh, that's an easy excuse. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's we terrible. ever actually understood. Like, it's not like yeah. we couldn't see the person having a vomiting, but we couldn't, you know. So I think we just kind of like, oh, nice. Like, yeah. It's know. really hard for people who suffer because indeed empathy only comes with the ability to feel what the other feels. <laughs> so if you have someone grieving, provided you've lost someone and loved yourself, then you can relate to that. But if you've never experienced a migraine, which if you don't have a genetic predisposition for, you haven't, uh, then it's really hard to relate to the immense level of pain yeah. people are uh, under. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And plus, so it means also with time, there's a bit of a stigma, right? Yeah, I think there definitely is a stigma. And I don't think it comes from a negative intent from anyone. I just think it comes from the underrepresentation and the lack of knowledge and understanding that we're seeing in, I mean, as someone who studies science for my life, basically, um, and me having this complete lack of knowledge, not even before I met Diane, I literally thought it was just like a bad headache. Like I didn't even know the tip of the iceberg. And then we're searching up these like Facebook pages and Reddit pages yeah. and seeing, oh my gosh, these people literally can't get out of bed and they're having 30 migraines a month for the past 40 years. Like they're taking all of this medication. Yeah. Like it's just, it's absolutely crazy. Like the amount of like pain and suffering these people are going through. Yeah. And for me, who's meant to be like, yeah, someone for the future to help these people and I still know absolutely nothing about it, you know? So it's just, it's crazy how much I've learned. Yeah from that point it is really crazy so uh, for me it's a little bit like you're um uh, pre-columbus and you think there's only spin in the world and or you think the world's flat when it's round or you think there's only planet <laughs> earth when there's a whole universe i find the day i um so i i, I initially i had uh, my sister get over her migraines when she was certain she had a brain cancer like our uncle just had and had died from um and therefore i was taking her pain and her um, anxiety coming from the level of pain and the lack of understanding where it came from extremely seriously and with a lot of empathy because I would empathize on her fear um, to be um, extremely sick and dying. Mm -hmm. So this was a beyond blastome, so un 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 you know, unforgiving uh, disease. Yeah. Um, uh, but then when I also had the daughter of a neurologist and I thought, well, how come her dad's recommending you know, um, a lifetime of injections uh, when I, I've had her in four months get rid of her migraines, which I, I don't get it. Why? Mm. Like not her dad, like, you know, a, a, a doctor or someone, uh, you know, a professional person who wasn't truly paying attention yet because they weren't incentivized to and therefore neglected on the care of someone. Sure, why not? But not her father. And so mm -hmm. it's only at that time when I did all of the research on scientific papers, this was 2018, 19, um, so about four years ago, um, that I discovered, you know, the genetic aspect of things, etc. Mm -hmm. And then much later, I discovered the social media aspect of it. And I was like appalled. Before we go into that, I just want to um, ask you if you can explain maybe what role you play in the team. And then we'll mm -hmm. go back um, on social media. Yeah, so at Nectar Health, I work alongside a couple others globally and we 
work with the women and a few men as well. And we look at their profiles, we track them daily, we look at how they're going, things they've been eating, and we basically aim to improve their quality of life, their day-to-day functioning. And yeah, and also I'm also on the social media team. So I help make reels on Instagram and I help come up with new content and help with that side of things as well. And help me move forward, isn't it? We can talk about that in a minute. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So that's really cool. So you see the medical aspect of things, and then uh, you're also on the communication side of things, which is really, um, which is really cool. And so, what topic have you decided to talk about today, and why? Yeah. So today, I think for our first one, I decided to do social media. Um, I think being born in 2001, I started school at a time where everything was pen and paper, and I finished when it was almost completely digital. So we had everything on our laptops and stuff, and I think. I've really seen an evolution of technology. Like I've been raised in an interesting time period where it's become a part of my life. And I think I've started with incorporating the social media side rather than the science, which is my background, because what we're seeing is such like a unique phenomenon and this evolution of these women reaching out to each other on various social media platforms, which you're not seeing in the real world and you're not seeing in real life. And like the social media is just absolutely dominating all these different aspects of life. And it's created this realm of jobs with influences and everything. And it's really just like referred to, I completely and utterly understand why it's referred to as modern day marketing is because it's what we're using now instead of commercials and advertising on paper. Yeah. And so when you compare real life before we met, how many people with migraines would you say you knew? Honestly, like, not many. I've come from, I mean, we had that time where, yeah, a couple people would be saying they had migraines, but no one that I knew was like an avid, like, sufferer of migraines. And I'm sure there probably was someone in my life that was. Yeah. But I just didn't know. It. Just, I didn't take note of it. Like, yeah. I didn't think anything of it. Yeah. Um, I think we used to, yeah, just brush it, brush it off when there was yeah someone saying it because of this negative stigma that we saw yeah. around our lack of understanding or just not knowing what these people were going yeah. through. Yeah. It's funny when I started to work on migraines and, and God forbid I was naive and that was great because I didn't appreciate the level of complexity of what I was getting myself into. Hmm. Um, I uh, I would go to bed and I remember I'd thought 18% of women, 18% of women, I must have, I have so many friends, like I must know some people and I'd just wake up at night and write down on a sheet of paper. I suddenly start to remember all of these conversations where um, even, you know, people at work, people at business school, like were telling me, I'm going to head back home. I'm having a migraine. Mm-hmm. And like replaying this conversation and thinking, shoot, you know, she was one. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it's like it did a whole different appreciation mm-hmm. of, of, of what's going on. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and so and so now when you look at social media and you, you've gone on some of some of the social so we're of course creating our content and yeah. I think after four years now that we have an app and we have a, such a track record of of success mm-hmm. um and we don't need to fake it um at all mm-hmm. uh, we can actually make it and help people um I've decided I've accepted to be a lot more vocal um can you say a little bit I showed you some of these um um, you know, social media groups. Can yep. you share your your impressions? Yeah, I think um, yesterday and just showed me some of the pages on Facebook and Reddit, some of the groups that are on there, and there's just like thousands, hundreds and thousands of groups of these people suffering. 
Um, and you're a part of a few of them. And I was just scrolling through some of the posts and I was just absolutely like, I was just like, this is crazy. Like people are willing to try anything and everything to try and ease the suffering that they're in. And like some of the posts will be like, oh, this is my 16th day. I can't get out of bed. I can't function. I can't interact with my family. And like, there's also comments of these crazy suggestions of things for people to do because these people are just at an absolute loss. Like they don't know what else to do. And they're reaching out for this empathy from other people who know what they're going through. And I think, yeah, because if you don't know, you can't even like, I can't even begin to understand or put it into words, like the pain that these people go through. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a sense of belonging for them, hearing from people who know what they're going through and know the pain and can relate on a yeah, yeah. different level. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's funny when I started to work on this, uh, I'd meet with people sometimes with men, um, you know, in the world of, uh, startups and VC, and they would say, hmm, 18% of women, are you sure about your numbers? And I'm like, yeah, 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 sure. It's like, it's impossible. I don't know a single person with migraines. And I'm like, oh, this has to do with your empathy. Over time, I realized it wasn't their empathy. It was just the ability also of people who have migraines after complaining about it for a year, two years, three years, stopping to even mentioning it because they feel like a broken record and surrounded by no one who can really provide them with a solution. And so they they quit almost on themselves, sort of. It's really hard. Um, then I started to tell people, oh, have a look on social media. You'll understand. It is 18% of people. Yeah. Um, and, um, and now I just say, look, it's genetic. So unless you have that genetic predisposition and you're going to talk to me about your migraines and listen carefully, then you just can't relate. It's a whole body experience. I immediately yeah. say it's a whole body experience and, and therefore you just cannot imagine with the word, what it really means. Mm. When you go on these social media, this is where you see the, the, the pain. And I, I remember discovering that for the first time, quite a few, you know, after I had had quite a few people and my soul was wrenched um, because I sat there and I just, you know, just, I was like, wow, mm. it's a notion of people. And I, I, I don't know where to start. Yeah. yeah. Um, when it comes to social media, mm-hmm. I think preparing for this podcast, it's funny. We realized, um, so you're 22, I'm 40, I'm, I'm based, <laughs> I'm born in 1982. Um, it's cool. I, I'm, I'm embracing my age and like wisdom, I guess. <laughs> Um, the incredible life I've had to date and for which I'm very grateful. Um, we realized that we have a slightly different um, um, positive or, sen- or negative sentiment about social media. Can mm-hmm. you comment a bit on that? Yes, yeah, so I think, as you said, I'm 22, so I'm really in the thick of social media. I have pretty much everything, which I use daily. Um, and I think for me, I see it as a way forward like I see it as it's creating all these jobs these influencers are doing amazing things there are also I recognize there are definitely some not doing such amazing things um but I think I definitely see it as a way forward and I see it in the perspective of migraines I see it as a way for these people to find a sense of belonging and a sense of comfort and a sense of not security but just like a bit of reassurance and hope and they're finding this in other people on these groups of people that they've never met in their lives and they wouldn't have otherwise met because they can do it through social media. And I think it's really interesting because you're not seeing these groups of people meeting up every Saturday and discussing their migraines. You know, they can just be in pain and make this post on the page and be like, oh my gosh, I'm in so much pain. And they're having 10 people reply to them with all these things they could do or even just saying, 
oh my gosh, I hope you feel better soon, which they wouldn't have had in, I mean, the real world, the physical world. So yeah, I don't know. I think I see it as a really a way of the future. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and so you're encouraging me in that encouraging me in that direction. Mm-hmm. Like for me, for me, I see the I see the more marketing side of things, and I see that as people put out there that they have migraines, it makes them more vulnerable, more vulnerable to all sorts of advertising, and um, and Facebook groups are usually very well protected directly. Therefore, so like people who manage these groups, they would always protect the integrity of their community. But still, the algorithms knowing who has what as a disease, uh, like part of me makes me feel, uh, it makes them more vulnerable to try more things. And and sometimes when you try things, you get further lost. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's the part where where sometimes I'm I'm like, oh gosh, you know, this is um, helpful and not. Also, you know, screen time is in itself a trigger yeah. for migraines. Um, although there are some solutions with um, dark modes, etc. Um, it's it still remains some you know a tool that is addictive and you yeah. know can get people not to bed on time etc. So I have that little bit of a retro perspective, mm. a retro retro <laughs> <laughs> view on things. But but I, I but I have to say I'm very grateful because initially um, you know Greece and I were uh, strictly going to work on um, people um, and really on women and then um, and then gradually um, like I started to see that you had a knack for um for social media and that you're very talented and you also have generally massive empathy that now that you are equipped with more of that knowledge that you have a genuine um desire to go ahead and help people mm-hmm. and i i find quite phenomenal so uh, thank you for taking me out of my car <laughs> um so um would you have any advice or words for people who are suffering from migraines yeah, I think the thing that we're seeing time and time again is that these people feel alone and they feel isolated and they feel like no one understands them. And I think the thing I would want people with migraines, people who are suffering to know right now, is that there are actually people who will help you, who want to help you and who will try and understand the pain that you're in. Um, just because there's been these negative experiences in your life and you feel like no one understands you, there definitely are and we are here to help and I think yeah is there anything you could build off with that as well yeah I think I I would be inclined to um try to have a group I'm a mom I'm a mom of two and I see we have so many things to um you know like deal with like uh, hockey soccer like you need to have a boy and a girl and yeah. life is busy I don't think I would be able to live with an additional layer of uncertainty on top of am I able to drop kids off or not Mm-hmm. I think by having a physical network of people who suffer from migraines as well. So from a social media perspective, trying to find people in your vicinity who are in the same situation so that you can have a network of a group of people that truly understand you and that you can truly help each other. I find that you will live um, with really strong relationship um, and being able to contribute uh, and receive at the same time mm-hmm. and provide you profound happiness. So I, I, I would start social and I would, I would also go local and physical yeah. um, to, um, to bridge that gap. The other thing I would, um, I would say, um, yeah, is on the stigma, um, is on the stigma maybe, um, yeah. How would you, how would you, how would you handle stigma? What advice would you have to, to give on stigma now, now that you see both angles? of the coin yeah i think it's it's a definitely a hard one because i don't think anyone who brushes off means to like i just think it's 
a lack of understanding. So I think the more we can educate people and the more we can explain the suffering and the pain these people are in, the more they'll be able to understand and the more we can remove this like negative stigma around migraines. Um, But I also think, yeah, confiding in people who can relate removes that stigma because they know what you're going through. Mm -hmm. So yeah, seeking comfort, I guess, in these people who have been through other migraine sufferers. Yeah. That you feel, yeah, you don't feel this sense of judgment in a way. Yeah, I find that social media very helpful to validate what you're going through and mm. saying people or even your partner just have a look, you know, type on Facebook migraine. Let's see what you come across. Mm. Doesn't mean they can't access these groups, but just seeing the conversation on Reddit, um, I, I find validates a lot. When mm. also I have found was um, that explaining that it's genetic and that it's a whole body experience usually cuts the conversation quite sharp and short. Um, and doesn't, you know, you can, you know, like snip, you can bite a little without biting, but you can just, you know, um, just say these two, two words. And I think that will get you out of a, of a situation where you feel weak. I think you should feel, um, strong about stuff. Mm. Any other advice? Um, yeah, I think just know that we hear you and we understand you and that, yeah, we're definitely here to help and find those triggers and find ways that we can improve your quality of life yeah and and maybe also um you know like from Greece experience being you know in neuroscience and not necessarily um going through a special curriculum on migraines when you're in front of someone with a white suit um, ask the questions you know get online you know do your research um uh and uh and and if you're pushed to take certain medications do your research on migraine medication um, uh, medication overuse headache or um or rebound migraines. Um, we'll talk about that in the in the later podcast. But ask questions. You know, on side effects on some of the new drugs. Um, you know, ask questions. Don't feel intimidated. Okay, this is a topic on which uh, there is very limited education, and most of the education comes from um, comes from um, manufacturers of, of medication themselves. And so, really, count on social media. You know. Ask questions like, you know, even though a lot of those are also sponsored, you know, by medical and pharmaceutical companies, just try to seek a group of people that you trust uh, back to maybe the, the physical network of, of women, you know, um, to see. But what would, what would work for one person would not work for another one. So try to um, put your full brain on and try to um, to find your way through. But don't let yourself intimidated because you see someone in a white suit telling you that you have migraines because you're a woman. And you have to accept it and come to terms with it and just medicate and be silent. Definitely. Yeah, I think we both definitely agree on that. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much, Grace. Um, and I look forward to having a very lush and giving social media journey together. Yes, definitely. Thank you so much for having me. It's been good talking. Goodbye. Sharing is caring, so share this podcast with your loved ones or whomever it may help. Follow us on social media to stay updated on our content. And if you yourself suffer from migraines, then visit our website, uh, manningtonhealth.com, in order to take our free test and be assessed on your migraines. All the best. Stay well, stay healthy, and stay happy. Yours, Deanna.